Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. If you could start a zoo, all right, but you had to have three animals to start the zoo, you could only start the zoo with three animals. What are the animals that you pick? Okay, number one is capybara. Okay, yeah. I love capybaras. I don't, <laughs> I don't care if nobody else likes them. If people only like two of my exhibits, yeah. I don't care. Capybaras <laughs> are number one. They're on the sign. Yeah. <laughs> They're on the side. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but I love them. Welcome to Thor's Zoo, home of the capybara, and these two things, too. <laughs> All right, so we got a capybara for sure. Yeah. And I think that covers the cute angle, right? Sure, yeah. If you don't think a capybara is cute, I don't want you in my zoo. <laughs> so that covers the cute angle. Mm-hmm. And his story. All right, then you need some kind of predatory... Right, like an alpha creature? Like, Yeah, exactly. An apex predator of some sort. Hmm. Lions are, lions are pretty lazy, so I don't, think, I don't think you go lion. Male lions are real lazy. Yeah. And yeah. I think any big like predatory animal in a zoo is not... I don't know. It's always sad. It's yeah. always just making me sad. <laughs> yeah. Because they're fat and they just walk up to like a little shoot where they get their food. Where they in. get their food. Yeah. But but you still you gotta have one. And you can't go you, you can't go like leopard or something because they like to hide and sleep all day. I think I'm going tiger. Tiger for my yeah. Okay. Big white tiger. Okay. All right. That's and a then, good call. Need something that flies. You need a. You thinking but, like something like a falcon or a, a predatory or an, bird? Or are you thinking mm. like a a macaw? Now, you know what? No, birds are lame. I <laughs> They just sit there. They're the same problem with lions. They just sit there. Yeah. They're boring. No, a monkey. Ooh, a monkey. Yeah. That might get them. Yeah, especially if, if the monkey is interactive with the people. I guess a, a, some kind of primate. Maybe not a monkey, like some kind of gorilla. A gorilla would be nuts. I like... Well, uh, Dunstan checks in. That kind of that kind of gorilla. Is that a chimp? Is I that think, a chimpanzee? Is he a chimp or an orangutan? I don't. Which ones are orangutans? Orangutans are the big orange ones. Yeah, that one. That's <laughs> right. not the Dunstan. I think you're right. Dunstan checks in. He is a chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you want um, you want the Paul Giamatti version because Paul Giamatti played the orangutan in Planet yes. of the Apes. Yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I I was thinking about it. I've got a hot take. I think you got a good idea with the cute animal. All right. Get the cute angle covered. Mm-hmm. For that, I'd probably pick like an otter. Ooh, that's right? good. Like, because they're, good. they've got, you could do the whole like half aquarium thing where they swim down and they can, you know, float on their back and do all that fun otter stuff. And then I make the ticket prices a little steeper than what a normal zoo would be. Okay. <laughs> and my other two animals is an antelope. And a jaguar. Ooh. And the fun thing is that they're in the same cage. I say cage. Exhibit. It'd be a nice exhibit. Yeah, you'd have to give them a lot of space. The problem, you only have one of each. Uh-huh. You're only going to have two animals within half of a day. Which is why my ticket sales are higher. <laughs> well, why my prices are higher. Yeah, so every day you're going to have to buy a new gazelle. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we'd only be open once a week. <laughs> would that be wrong? I guess that, that'd probably be unethical, right? Just buying an animal to feed it to another animal, like a gazelle. Depends how big your zoo is. That's true. Like, yeah, maybe I feel like I'm getting into like cockfighting territory and maybe I don't do that. 
Yeah, no, you're definitely <laughs> you definitely are. But okay. all right, never mind. I would get a I would get an otter. I'd get a koala bear, and I'd get a little. Um, Maybe you give the gazelle some like spurs, some spurs on the back of its some spurs. So, so it can, <laughs> some can beefed kick, up gazelle. Yeah, give it some armor and yeah. some and some spurs on its hooves. Yeah, and then it's a fair fight. Could there? Do you think that there would be two animals that would get into fights, but? kind of get into fights the way that brothers get into fights where they like beat the shit out of each other and then they're fine with each other like don't reach the point of death why well, no like crocodiles and stuff when you have a bunch of crocodiles they'll just like yeah. eat each other's arms crocodiles they'll are just so... they'll just attack each other they're yeah. horrific they're the most horrific thing in the world they're yeah i don't know they're dinosaurs <laughs> like here's the thing i crocodiles terrify me yeah because here's the thing the way evolution works essentially is, you know, it, it happens by accident, right? Like uh, at one some point, bears got really far north, and then one of them was born with a genetic defect and was an albino. But because there was all this snow, you know, it became he was able to procreate and stay alive longer, and eventually, over you know millions of years yeah that just becomes the bear and that's that's the polar bear now right that, sure. that's kind of the basic of evolution it happens by accident yeah and then whatever's the best sticks around crocodiles have been unchanged for millions of years <laughs> because they are the perfect there there's nothing left there, there's no better version of a killing machine than a crocodile. Than a crocodile. <laughs> They're fucking dinosaurs that have existed and haven't changed because there's nothing left to change. They are built to kill. <laughs> is it is it a crocodile or an alligator? And maybe it's both. Where if you lay it on its back, it essentially goes to sleep. I have no idea. I, I'm thinking that it's an alligator, but I don't know if it's true for. A I crocodile wouldn't trust well. it. You no, like that. You no, know, you know, that's a trick. It's gonna kill me. It's gonna kill me. That's fair. <sighs> <laughs> All right. So the the jaguar gazelle thing might be a bit inhumane now that I think about it. Yeah, but it'd be fun to watch. Oh yeah, no, I would definitely. Oh, right? definitely pay to go to your. Then zoo. it kind of turns into like a an event rather than a a zoo. I feel like the otter would be just. You know, trying to get people's attention while the hunt was happening on the other exhibit. No, because that people are going to want that. They're going to have to cool down after <laughs> after seeing the jaguar get this gazelle. They're going to be amped traumatic. up. They're going to be real amped up. Have a lot of energy. Not know what to do with it. Yeah, you're like, come right over here. It's a cute otter, and and they'll bring their level down. Yeah, and maybe you put your kids there, like they can watch the otter, and you can watch the hunt. That's true too, because the kid could watch an otter all day. They all day. Care. Yep. So there we go. That's my thing. That's my thought process. And I'm going to argue that it's better for the jaguar because it's getting the exercise. It, I, I agree. <laughs> I think it's less good for the gazelle, but um, sure. Yeah. Probably. We'll give them plenty of hiding spaces. But there's tons of gazelles. How many jaguars are there? That's true. That's true. Maybe you do it with an endangered animal and a not so endangered animal. Yeah. Or two endangered animals. Let them fight it out to the end. <laughs> I don't think that. Yeah, I think Carol Baskins would have an issue with that. Oh, my. All right, dude. Are you ready to jump into some coheed? Yeah, let's I'm do it. I'm very, very curious about your thoughts. All right. Let's, uh, let's get going. going on world my name is micah henderson as usual i'm joined with my beautiful co-host thor jolly and you're listening to get wrecked the podcast about two buddies who simply just recommend things to each other sometimes it's deep cuts sometimes it's pop culture stuff sometimes it's south korean westerns it really depends on our mood slash kung fu slash kung fu yeah um but the point is we recommend things to each other and we do this in an effort to broaden our horizons and maybe get that person to see or listen or watch something that they might not have taken a chance to do without us forcing them to do it for this show. And also, this is something that you guys as viewers can kind of do along with us, because at the end of every episode, we say what the next thing is that we're going to get into. 
Um, and our hopes with that is that you listen to that and go, okay, that'd be kind of cool. You check it out and then join the conversation with us. Yeah, absolutely. You can reach out with your hot takes. Did we get it wrong? Did we get it right? Maybe you have a recommendation, something you would like to hear us talk about. All of that can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. That's right. So this week we are jumping into Coheed and Cambria, specifically the second and third album as the name Coheed and Cambria. That's And, and those albums are In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth, three, and Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4. And last week when I told you that title, did you notice that I didn't give you the full title? Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4 isn't the full title of that album. What is the rest of that? The second the half of that is Volume 1, Looking at Fear Through the Eyes of Madness, or From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Oh, like that. that clear that actually clarifies the album a lot. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, Coheed was something that I listened to many, many times. In my opinion, these are the best Coheed CDs, bar none. They've got like seven or eight albums after these two. But um, what are your thoughts, Thor? What's the what's the general gist? Okay, so yeah, I would say for years, um, I have multiple friends who have told me they are fans of Coheed and Cambria. We have some close friends, mutual close friends, who I'm pretty sure like one of them, her favorite album, yeah, her favorite band is Coheed is and Coheed. Cambria. Yeah, and anytime it's ever gotten brought up, I've always kind of been like Coheed and Cambria, they suck. It's 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 emo it's emo pop punk trash. I I don't I don't want to hear it. And I will admit that was without having ever actually really listened to that. Sure. And so now that I've listened to and I haven't listened to all of it obviously just these two albums. Yeah. But I listened to them a couple times. Okay. And I have to admit that I was right. Coheed and Cambria <laughs> Coheed and Cambria stinks. Are you serious? You don't like the second oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Hold on. I just I had to poke a little bit. I do stand by that statement. Okay. Coheed stinks. <laughs> Get out of okay. here. But that being said, I actually that was me being a little bit silly. Although I am not a fan of this genre of music yeah. in general. I actually, there are a number of things that I did like. Okay. <laughs> so I, I didn't, I didn't actually, I didn't actually hate this. I stand by the statement. Coheed stinks. That's fair. But <laughs> yeah, and you can hate it. That's okay. I'm not going to be offended. But I mean, no, I actually, there are a number of things yeah. that I liked. Because I'll be honest, you, the first music recommendation I gave you was Fuji's, which is something really I think was out of your wheelhouse. Absolutely. And yeah. you took the time to actually, you know, listen to it and come up with some thoughtful points and stuff like that. Sure. And I genuinely want to do the same thing. So even though this type of music just isn't my cup of tea. Yeah. I would say for this style of music, I would rather listen to this than probably the rest of it. Okay. So, like, I, I did find a lot of good things that I liked about it. Yeah. Did you find yourself gravitating towards the In Keeping Secrets or the Good Apollo album? Like, did you find that you liked one more than the other? No, I wouldn't say there was one that I liked more than the other. But there are specific songs on the different albums that I liked. Okay, that jumped out to you. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that you heard and you're like, oh, I know this song or, oh, I've heard this song no. before? No, I've never heard no, any Not of with any of it? That's it. I mean, it's possible I've heard it, sure. but I probably tuned it out. Okay. You know, and with the albums, did you dig into the uh, like the concept of, of what they're doing? The the whole big storyline that's happening no. behind the scenes? I, I recall you saying that this was uh, the guy wrote a like a graphic novel, right? A whole bunch of them. Okay. Like a whole bunch. And these kind of chronicle that. Yeah. No, so I did not get into that. I tried listening to the lyrics and deciphering as much as I could. Sure. Cause, so I went into it knowing that it's kind of like a sci-fi adventure mm -hmm. story that it's telling, mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty interesting. So, And I could definitely hear some of the themes and stuff like that as I was listening to it. It's wild. The storyline is just weird as hell. Um, we, can, we can get into into that, but I'm, first I'm kind of curious on, on your thoughts of of the music. What do you think of his voice? Cause usually with Coheed, 
that's the first thing. He's got this iconic, like, high-pitched voice. God, that's what I hate the most. Are you serious? Honestly, genuinely, I don't... Once again, there are certain songs where it fits and I like the way he sings. Yeah. But most of it, I just don't care. I don't like the high-pitched, okay. whiny voice. Yeah. Listen, I edit this podcast. I know what my voice sounds like. Sure. That's enough. That's enough of a high pitched whiny voice that I can take. <laughs> I can't hear somebody else yeah. singing in that voice. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't love the singing. Don't love the singing. Okay. But and once again, that's kind of like a general in this style of music. Yeah. I just don't dig it. Yeah. I don't S- dig it. See, and, and it I hits really, me wrong. I really wasn't sure if you would enjoy them because. I got to be honest, you're kind of hard to peg down as far as like musical tastes, Mm -hmm. if if you're going to enjoy it or not, because you play a fair amount of instruments. Yeah. So I think that you would understand or or at least appreciate um, the craftsmanship of of what they can do. Oh, my God. Yeah. Musically, as far as good points, like I want to be very clear that even though I don't like this, there's some really intricate and interesting uh, ways the music is put together in different songs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'll tell you my favorite, my favorite song. So on good Apollo, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I'm burning star four from looking through fears of the eyes of madness. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite tracks. I, I actually liked that one less, I would say as a whole. Really? Okay. But the part I really liked, like the last four songs. Oh yeah. It, it's kind of like a big, long thing. Yeah, each one's like seven minute seven minutes long, mm-hmm. and they they each have it's like part one, two, three, and four. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the something or other part one, something or other part two. Yeah, Coheed's got really stupid long yeah. names for all their weird, album. wild, yeah. poetic names. Yeah, and I really liked those songs because all of those it felt like they were intentionally trying to do something different musically where they started uh kind of delving into like other styles of music sure like one of them one of the songs kind of sounds like mars volta e yeah um where they they start having these kind of these guitar parts where they're doing uh these runs up and down the scale mm-hmm. but but they're weird it's like a monochromatic it's not like a standard scale you would hear so it so it sounds a little bit off but it sounds super neat when it plays and then there's another song that sounds like a pink floyd song guy does a guitar solo at one part and it it sounds like right out of a pink floyd album yeah so there were it's funny that you mentioned that these guys are musically they're they're really cool and you can tell they have a lot of influences yeah so i did i dug that yeah they're they're super super gifted i remember reading a magazine and they it was some music magazine i was like in uh, borders when that existed and looking through this music magazine coheed was on the cover and they called them uh this eras and this is like mid 2000s late 2000s uh led zeppelin that's what they compared them to which i thought was an interesting comparison i don't know how accurate it is but well i i guess i could get that if they're pretty prolific yeah and zeppelin did a lot of a lot of their songs were kind of telling stories too. They were just ripping off and telling the stories of Lord of the Rings. So that's, that, <laughs> it's a little, that's an interesting little thing. less sophisticated. Yeah, I don't but, know too much about Zeppelin. So yeah, obsessed with Tolkien. Huh. Yeah, a lot of their songs revolve around. That's really true. Revolve around Mordor and <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? That's weird. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, they they are huge dorks for Tolkien. That's funny. <laughs> That's not what I would expect from Zeppelin's content. At, I mean, I, I don't know anything about them, but yeah. just uh, doesn't. I don't think Led Zeppelin. Oh, those guys are Lord of the Ring fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those guys like the Shire. Um, that's not what I think of. So the last four songs are the ones that kind of jumped out to you, but you liked the the first or. Well, in keeping secrets, yeah, I liked, a little bit more. I actually liked in keeping secrets a good bit. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. The first, so uh, I don't count the first track because it's just kind of like weird. Sure, violin music. Audi- yeah, like audible and... noise and like scream, like weird kind of screams and mm-hmm. stuff, setting the tone. I guess. Yeah, that's fine. So, the, but the first two songs. Sure. After that. Oh, they're so good. I, I yeah, I really enjoyed. That's the one with the uh, what's he keep saying? The chorus is like he says, uh, "Man, your man, battle stations." Man, your battle stations. Yeah, and one of the lyrics 
that I hear every time. And I love these like something about they're talking about slaughtering babies. Yeah. Cut the throats of babies. Next. Yep. Yep. So. And not to say that I'm about slaughtering babies. <laughs> One of those lines it's such a, It's such a brutal line. Yeah. <laughs> you like. And it makes a lot more sense when you understand, like going into it, having known that this is <laughs> based on a science fiction novel that or comic books that he wrote. I was like, yeah. oh, OK, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I sure. Otherwise, I'd be like, what? What is yeah, going on? I, I should have been like, Thor, these guys have uh, really strong passions <laughs> and, and just left it at that. <laughs> You'd be like, what the fuck did you just <laughs> listen to? Because there's another song uh, on that same album where he talks about drilling holes through somebody's hands to basically crucify them. To a... Yikes. I want to. I, I could be wrong, so I won't say. I won't say what I think. What I think he's drilling him to. Yeah. So the the music in my mind is is very, very technically good. Like they're just crazy time signatures. They're bouncing all over the place mm-hmm. as a whole unit. And just doing these crazy things. I think it's interesting that you like in Keeping Secrets more because to me, that one, he's got the higher pitched, whinier voice. And yeah. on oh, Good I Apollo. hate all of the singing for the most part. <laughs> okay. For the most part, I hate almost all of the singing. All of the singing? Okay. Yeah. For me, I feel like Good Apollo was where they peaked. So the plot of what's going on, of what you just listened to, the general plot of In Keeping Secrets. So the lead singer of. Coheed and Cambria is this guy named Claudio Sanchez. And he started writing. I don't know if he made the band first or if he made the story first. I'm not sure which came first. But he started this book series called The Armory Wars. So think the word armor, add a Y to it, The Armory Wars. And it's this big sci-fi thing. And the two main characters are Coheed and his wife, Cambria. That's the two main characters. Mm -hmm. So... They had a different name for a band. I think it was Shibuti or something like that. And they did a little bit of touring like that or under that name. And then they changed it to Coheed and Cambria. So they had some short EP out. And then they made their first album was Coheed called The Second Stage Turbine Blade. So their second album as a band was had the number two in it. In Keeping Secrets has the number three. Good Apollo has the number four. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of go sequentially. Coheed and Cambria, the characters have a boy named Claudio. He wrote a fictitious version of himself into the story. (laughs) Okay. And basically it's this big sci-fi plot where he is this character called the crowing and he's supposed to bring about the end of this big galactic civilization. Like he's the one who's going to bring it all to end to an end. It's going to be this big hero kind of archetype story. Okay. His parents, Coheed and Cambria are killed and he is looking for his uncle, whose name is Jesse, and he's also known as the prize fighter Inferno. And the first actual song where you're hearing that man your battle stations is his uncle who leads like this Starfleet who's going after the people who killed his brother and his his sister-in-law. Okay. And so And then he's gonna find their children the children of the people who killed them yeah. and and, <laughs> yeah. and slit their throats. Yeah. And just, <laughs> so like it's really dark. It's really, really dark. So that whole thing is what that album is about. And it's kind of about the character Coheed finding his uncle and then joining forces with him and doing that type of thing. It gets real weird in Good Apollo, because in Good Apollo they introduce another character known as the writer. And this is where it gets real meta. So they introduce this character called the writer who it turns out everything that we've known so far about Coheed and Cambria and the storyline is actually being written by this guy named the writer who, as he's writing is creating this alternate world. All right. So there are basically two plot lines. Now one about this guy named the writer who's living in a very standard world like we do. And then he's basically going through all this shit in life and writing to cope with all the stuff that he's going through in life. Yeah. That album is all about him going through a breakup where his girlfriend or spouse or he was cheated on and he can't deal with it. And his reality merges with the world that he's written. And so he ends up going into this world And because he's literally written the world, 
he is essentially a god in the world. Like he he needs to figure out how to end the storyline and how to because uh, the storyline's not done. And he's realizing that he just has all of these powers. So I don't know if you remember a song called Ten Speed. I couldn't tell you the names of any of them. Okay, so the chorus goes, Believer, you'll leave her and leaving them all. And then in the background, they're like, Ten speed, if I must, then I must. That whole song is about this guy having an argument with his demonic bicycle on killing this girl in the storyline because she is the representation of his actual girlfriend where the infidelity happened. So, okay. so he's going to kill her in this fictitious world because she represents his wife or girlfriend. Okay. In the so real question, world. there is one song that really stands out to me and it's, it's troublesome for me because okay. I hate it. It's so <laughs> okay. bad. It's so bad, but the lyrics are so odd that it pulls me in every time. And I'm so fascinated. Okay. It is a very soft, sweet song. And the lyrics are like, I will kill everyone for you. Yeah. Is that in reference to like that specific storyline? I believe so, because that's on the Good Apollo album. Yes. Yep. Pretty sure. God, I hate it so much. It's it's (laughs) such a it's such a crazy, wild thing. Like the the music. I I don't know. To me, I I love the music. I think that the music is freaking fantastic. You got to get past his voice. But for me, I grew to like his voice. And especially in Good Apollo, when he's not as whiny, he's not as high pitched. Man, that album is yeah. just well, and solid. Just, and it's not even so much whiny. Yeah, it's that and and how high pitched it is. I just don't like that. I don't like that style of singing. Yeah, you know, like here's the thing. So, are you familiar with Pup Play? I have no idea what Pup Play is. Okay, so it's kind of like a on like some fetish stuff, kind of like on the. It's kind of on the verge of like furries and stuff like that. But pup okay. play is essentially uh, these people. They dress up in like these leather, like the leather bondage stuff. Okay. And they have like doggy ears and they'll put like butt plugs in their butt that have tails on them. I and then remem- so somebody yeah. acts as a puppy and then you have like a dominant person who essentially, you know, punishes you as the puppy. Yeah. Somewhere in my life, I may have seen a news article yeah. or... <laughs> something about that. Yeah. Is that, that kind of, yeah, that. So here's the thing. The people doing that mm-hmm. seem to love it. Seem to really enjoy it. <laughs> now I look at that and I think they're having fun. There must be something to it. Just doesn't do anything for me. I don't, sure. I don't get it. Yeah. Right. That's like scene music to me. Is that that's what you would call this, right? It's like scene music. <laughs> um, like I guess pop maybe. punk emo. I'm not sure. Yeah, I. There, I know there's a lot of like subcategories. Sure, and stuff. of all so, of that, but it's kind of like this music is like the scene kids. Yeah, I went to high school with. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, definitely the scene and, kids are the ones that were and, listening to it. And I think yeah. perhaps when. Maybe had I gotten into this when I was younger, uh-huh. I'd be more into it. But for me, I'm like, I listen to this music and I'm like, I'm a 33-year-old man. <laughs> this this is the music for a teenage girl with pink hair, a lip ring, and an eating disorder. <laughs> and she loves to cut because her dad's only around on the weekends. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's everybody. That's everybody who listened to this music when I was in high school. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. And so I can't argue with that. That may be an unfair. uh, (laughs) But it's just how I feel about. See, now for me, I think that they they probably. There's probably like a Venn diagram of 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 whatever genre of band Coheed fits into. And then there's that's one circle. And then we'll say the emo punk, not punk, but like emo pop um, rock Venn diagram circle is. And then there there is certainly an overlap, I yeah. think. I I don't know if I would put them into the emo category specifically, just Based on the other emo bands that I listened to, yeah. as as a I, high say, I really student. didn't, and once but, I didn't really listen to any of it because all of it always just kind of they're, never. They're frequently referred to as a progressive rock band or like a prog rock band. Okay, 
Um, I don't know how accurate that is because any other type of prog rock I listen to is almost purely instrumental. And yeah. I don't know. It has a similar vibe. I mean, I but... can see it because a lot of the stuff they do is experimental. Yeah. And I really do want to give them credit because I do... Like, I can't say something's not good because people love it. Sure. People love this band. They like it. So there's something to it. Yeah. So I won't say it's not good. Right. Um, it's just not for you. Yeah, it's just not yeah. good for me. It's like the Big Bang Theory. People love that show. Sure. I couldn't say why. <laughs> it's um, stupid, if you ask me. But yeah. But I can't say it's not good because it's successful. People people like it. So there is something. Sure, there's something there. There, Yeah, there is something there. So... Yeah, I I can get that. I can I can understand that. I can get behind but, it. I mean, were you into any type of music similar to that at all in high school? Like, did you did you give the hardcore well, scene a listen when you were in I've high school? I've never really been into it. So, didn't you? Because for like me, a, it always sounds kind of phony. Like the music. Yeah. Like when I come, I don't really like heavy music that much. Okay, but I, the heavy music I do like is I love like punk rock okay dirty punk rock the misfits the dead kennedys okay afi like their first album <laughs> so have you ever heard afi's first album yeah yeah, yeah. is that the black sales album no or is it the it's one called, before uh, that answer one? that and stay fashionable yeah it's it's 100 different from what they ended up so that's the kind of like i like real aggression real like when i listen to like heavy <laughs> like real heavy, anger like real anger real aggression when i listen to anything kind of in the pop punk you yeah. know scene realm sure to me it always just sound feels put on like that's that's the anger of somebody from a middle class family like like angst more than anger <laughs> yeah. type of thing yeah oh, okay yeah i could i could probably buy most like of that. i want to hear jello biafra calling ronald reagan the devil <laughs> <laughs> and getting arrested at shows you know what i mean like sure but there are some uh, have you ever listened to me without you i love me without you Dude, i, I kind of put me i kind of put them in this realm yeah, yeah they are Oh my gosh, I love sick. them. It's like slam poetry to just rock music. That's yeah. basically what it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love I love listening to that because he sounds like this sounds like a tortured person. He yeah, his voice can do some pretty great things. Uh he yeah. I always liked it because it's their music isn't screamo. They're not screaming. No. He's yelling. Yeah. He's just <laughs> his yelling. singing style is yelling. Yeah, he's just he's just got um He's just got like things to say and it's like poetry just to a beat. And yeah. it's it's really, really good. I'm a big really fan good. of me without you. That's man. You took so me like back that, to that. Um, Mars Volta. I, I don't know if you consider them kind of in the same sphere as this. But for me, there's similarities. I yeah, think. they're one that I'm not super familiar with. I'm not super familiar with Mars Volta. I think you would dig it. Yeah, I might have to check it out. And that and that's a guy who sings like crazy high pitched voice. Oh yeah, yeah. I probably would enjoy it. Part of me wonders if I would like Coheed if I heard them now, because these two albums, admittedly, did like when I got into Coheed and Keeping Secrets was out. Good Apollo was just about to come out, so that's the era that they say that you whatever you were listening to in high school, like that's kind of your formative years of music around that age range and that's where you really dig in and find the stuff that you like and specifically like that's the stuff that you'll listen to for forever yeah because i think because you have that nostalgia attached to it. yeah it's weird it though it... isn't it right mm -hmm. because i listen to coheed like their newer stuff and i'm like eh, it's just not it, it doesn't have the same vibe to it or it doesn't have yeah. the same spices that's most, that's most bands though yeah yeah it's it's a weird thing, though. It like it's weird that that can happen with a group. Yeah, all you can hope for if you have like a musician or a band you really love, hope that the lead singer dies at twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it, <laughs> because they've already made their best stuff, and that's what like Kurt Cobain, sure. Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, all this. Everybody's like, what if they had lived longer? Yeah, like they would have sold out and they would have started doing it for the money, and they would have lost their edge. Yeah, and it wouldn't be good. Yeah. Look at the the Rolling Stones still writes new write new music. Does anybody listen to the Rolling Stones anymore? I mean, I guess they're still writing music, but I you guess. haven't heard it. I haven't. But guess heard. what? If you go to see the Rolling Stones in concert, yeah. you're like, 
I don't want to hear the new stuff. Play me the thing me you the wrote 50 years ago. That's when true. When you still had something interesting to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much of that is... Man, I don't know. It just... You're trying to figure so much out at that age, you know, 16, 17, 18. And when people can say things or or if a band connects with you with you on a an emotional or a spiritual level and it just connects to you in a different way. Yeah. Like that connection's pretty pretty permanent. But then as you grow and change as a person, they're growing and changing too. You know, yeah. their music is changing, whoever, yeah. you know, band we're talking about. You know, maybe it's just growing apart type of thing. Yeah. Or or if they stay the same, like Newfound Glory, for example. That band has stayed true to their roots, in my opinion, like the whole time that they have been Newfound Glory. They're still making new music. And it sounds the same <laughs> as, as, surprised by as that, their yeah. Sticks and Stones album. I like Newfound Glory. I like I'm sure that you probably hate it. But because <laughs> that's that's I, like the, the emo pop. Yeah, uh, that's that's real scene, pop. That's like the yeah. that that's real pop scene. punk for sure, yeah. yeah. But they haven't changed at all. But their music doesn't resonate with me the same way that it did when I was younger because I'm not the same person that I was when I was younger. So it's it's a weird thing. But I just I find myself having difficulties finding new bands where I'm like, this band is a band that I will listen to for a long time. I'll usually find a song. Sure. Because I actively try to like when I drive in the car, I only ever play the radio and I listen to we're lucky enough. We live in an area. We get a radio station called XPN. It's yeah, that's a, a cool one. Um, private radio company, yeah. or uh, gosh, like PBS. What do they call that? Well, so yeah, it's not a public broad. It's not a publicly funded thing, though. It's it's a membership. Like a membership it's a membership funded. support. Yeah. So they don't answer to anybody. So they just play whatever they want. Some yeah. days they'll play blues. Every day they have a kids' hour from seven to eight p.m. Indie music, country mm-hmm. music, hip hop, all kinds of stuff. So. I love listening to that because I never know what I'm going to hear. And so sure. I discover a lot of new stuff. I found but usually I'll hear one song and I'll really like it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I look them up and I'm like, I don't want to listen to all of this. Yeah. So I, I find that I find songs that I like and not necessarily like albums. Albums per se. I found Borns off of that radio station. The song Electric Love. Oh, yeah, that song's incredible. That song's amazing. I remember sitting in the car or driving in the car and be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. This is so good. Um, so that's that's cool. That's funny that you mentioned them. Yeah, I haven't listened to that radio station in a while. Yeah, that's all I listen to when I'm in, in the car. Yeah. Yeah, actively. Because, I mean, I could put on Spotify or sure. put on something and listen to all the music I've already heard. Yeah. A thousand times before I know the words to. There are two bands that have jumped into my like general rotation as I've become an adult. One of them was Bastille. Is <laughs> I know you love Bastille. I love Bastille. And another one is Volbeat. I, I know you love Volbeat. I love as Volbeat. Well. <laughs> I've got no good reason to love either of those bands, but I do. I love them. But even with Volbeat, I'm finding that I'm liking them. And I'm liking the era of music that they made when I found them. Yeah. And as they're making new music, I'm like, eh, it's, it's good, but it's not like... Yeah, why as... is that? It's so funny. Does that happen with you? I think it happens with everybody. Yeah? It's just such a strange thing to, to think about. It de- I guess it depends how they change, how they, how they take it. Like Vampire Weekend... I loved their first album, mm-hmm. and I haven't. I wouldn't say I've like bought or actually listened to their whole albums of their since then. Yeah, but any song I've ever heard that was made after that, I still enjoy. Okay, well, um... oh, let's get back to the let's, yeah. Kohi. Let's get back to the topic at hand. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. We went on a tangent, folks. Sorry, that happens sometimes. Um, yeah, with Coheed, I'm glad that you gave it a listen. I can appreciate that you. Can appreciate the music, yeah. but not necessarily. I listen to each like one of them probably like three, at least three times, three or four times. Yeah, the whole way through. There were some albums because I was listening to it all this week too, just to refresh my brain, and I found myself just really getting into it. I was just like bobbing my head at the gym, <laughs> and yeah. people are thinking probably that I have just muscle spasms. But there were some tracks where I was like, "Oh man, I forgot that this was like a ten-minute track." Okay, yeah. Here's and, here's the problem I got with Cody. So, I got to tell you, 
I get it. Pick have one or two songs that are six, seven minutes. Yeah. Each of these albums have like at least four or five songs that are seven or eight minutes. They it's just like, go. Who are you? <laughs> How self-indulgent can you be? Give us three minutes. Give us a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a bridge, and a chorus. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Standard 4-4 measurements, Cody. Come on. No, yeah, no, that actually is... That, that Once again, that's just me being silly. Yeah. Um, I do... Kind of the same thing we were talking about Halsey last week. Yeah. Is like... I, I appreciate the artistry in in what they do. That sure. they really are doing something. And also their drummer is fucking sick. Yeah. I've always been somebody who plays stringed instruments. Yeah. So I naturally tend to gravitate there. When I'm listening to music, if there's guitars, that's the first thing yeah. I'm like kind of keying in on. Mm-hmm. I, I listen to this pretty much exclusively at work. Okay. And literally the whole time as I'm walking around, even on the songs I don't necessarily like, I'm walking around like drumming <laughs> drumming on my legs and drumming on my drumming on stuff as i'm walking by yeah the yeah the drums on this i have nothing bad to say yeah. that dude yeah they're pretty that solid. dude is sick and like you had mentioned time their time signatures and yeah, stuff like that the time signatures are crazy it's, it's pretty wild they're crazy yeah. they're just all over the place yeah these guys are talented yeah no no doubt about it I felt pumped up listening to it. So I could yeah. see going to the gym and listen to that. Oh, Seems yeah. fun. Yeah. It was great. I mean, I skipped the slow songs. The I'd do anything for you. I'd kill anyone for you. Yeah. I skipped that one. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> well, cool. I'm, I'm glad that you found some enjoyment through it, even though it wasn't necessarily <laughs> your cup of tea. Yeah. Was it, was it worse or better than Death Stranding? Oh, I love Death Stranding. Okay. <laughs> I love Death Stranding. Okay. All right. I was just curious. No, Death Stranding was great. The only thing I didn't like about Death Stranding was that, like, crafting. That, oh, remember? Sure. There was just the one, it's like ceramics or whatever. I yeah. couldn't find enough of. Yeah. Yeah, for those damn bridges. But it was probably my own fault because I was playing offline, which thus yeah. far, everybody who I've talked to yeah. has said, you're stupid. Don't play <laughs> offline. That's not meant to be played like that. Yeah. So I think that was on me. Okay. But... <laughs> Yeah, well, cool. Uh, all right. So, folks, give Coheed and Cambria a listen to. In my opinion, those two albums are the best two. In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, Good Apollo and Burning Store from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. They have an album before that called The Second Stage Turbine Blade. The progression of high-pitched to not-so-high-pitched, and in my opinion, In Keeping Secrets was a little bit more pop rock, and Good Apollo was a little bit more experimental. Mm-hmm. Reverse engineer that... And that is second stage turbine blade. So go backwards from experimental to kind of pop rock. Keep on backing up. And that's their second album. I don't think that you would have liked it as much. And then past that, in my opinion, they just like they they peaked at good Apollo. Like that was that was the lightning in a bottle. That was it that just they exploded yeah and that's fine and most bands have that sure i mean very few i think you and i were talking about this off air a couple you know a couple weeks ago is like most bands have that i heard an interview with jacob dylan from the wallflowers okay where he was like the best you can hope for when you're a professional musician when you're in a rock band is you get one good hit and that carries you through the rest of your career. Yeah. You know, so that people keep showing up to shows and then you can kind of do what you want. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it was a very realistic way of looking at it is like you can't make masterpieces every time. It's just not yeah. how it is. Okay. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't fault any band for like cuz we were kind of talking about that how bands fall off and yeah. over time. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just the natural progression of things. So if you had to rate this instead of doing some weird out of 10 thing, put this in order is these, these are your bands. Are you ready? Okay. I thought you were going to give me one, one out of 10 <laughs> lip rings. How many lip rings does it get? How many lip rings? Uh, so you've got Coheed and Cambria. Okay. We've got Three Doors Down. We've got Nickelback and we've got Def Leppard. Where, where does Coheed fall on that? category of music see i loved three doors is down first album oh so i have not listened to it in (laughs) many many years yeah but based on my nostalgia and love for that when when it came out and i was a kid i had the cd when cds were still the thing yeah man that has to go at the top okay that's understandable although if i listen to it now i may not as like it as much well the lead singer was the drummer for the first album oh that's right yeah Yeah. because they couldn't find a lead singer 
<laughs> so so the drummer's like, okay, I guess I'll sing. I guess I'll sing. And then he just became the lead singer. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that goes first, then Coheed. Okay. And then All right. Def Le- I don't even know what songs Def Leppard does. Oh, okay. All right. I know the drummer has one arm. Right. So probably not as good as the Coheed drummer. <laughs> yeah, he got oh yeah, no way. <laughs> so he gets points for that. He does get points for that, yes. But yeah, yeah no. no. So it would go three doors down, Coheed and Cambria. Potentially you could switch those. I would have to listen to three doors down. Okay. All right. Superman's a banger though. Super- I don't I don't yeah. think anything <laughs> Coheed and Cambria can't touch Superman can't touch by Superman. three doors down. Yeah. The <laughs> kryptonite. I don't think that I don't think that's true, but <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Literally, you could pick any song on any of those two albums I listen to, and I'm sure they're technically much better than any three doors <laughs> than the whole three doors down album. In any case, yeah. Um, and, and then Nickelback's, of course. Yeah, they're the down at the bottom. Chad yeah, Kroger hanging out them, with Avril Lavigne's doppelganger. Yeah, I I don't want to hate on Nickelback too much. They get it from all sides all the time. They do. They do. They're not as bad as people think. At least in my no. opinion, I don't think they're as bad as people. Once again. It's the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. There must be something there because people love it. Right. They sold tons of like that. Uh, was it Silver Side Up was yeah. the name of that And album? everybody wants to talk shit on, on Nickelback. Yeah. And they're the punchline of any joke in music. Yeah. But. Sold a bunch they, of records. The people still show up to their shows and yeah. buy their shirts and buy their albums. So yeah. they're doing something right. Yeah. But it's, All right. it's pup play. It's pup, it's pup as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and Cambria is pup play. Oh, no, I was saying Nickelback. Oh, well, that definitely yeah, is Yeah, Coheed and Cambria is also pup play, but for me anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I'm still being silly, I think. Uh, no, yeah. I, I would say compared to other bands that I would kind of lump together in this genre, yeah. I would say I could listen to this. Yeah. Like genuinely listening to it, I wasn't like, oh God, I hate this. I have to stop listening to it. Okay. It was, was, it was fine to listen to. Was it better than you were expecting to listen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Then then I did my job. I swayed you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I was no. thinking there's no, I no do way. Like, I do like them. Like, I don't necessarily like their music, but I like what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, I get it. Um, I get it. I feel the same way about every other Killers album except for the first one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Love their first album. Everything after that, I'm like, eh. I know, like, the two songs. Yeah. Like, the two popular oh, songs. Oh, dude, their first album. Solid. <sighs> All right, so... This week. What do you What do you got for me, Thor? Again, this one's going to be a little bit unorthodox in just that it's not something that I have fully completed watching yet. Okay. Have you heard anything or are you familiar at all with The Sandman Um, that just came out on Netflix? I am vaguely familiar with The Sandman as far as the comics, like the comic series that it comes from. Uh, My wife and I watched the first episode Oh, okay. Never mind. We'll do something else. Okay. Well, let's just man. chat about that for a second. Then, what do you th- what do you think based on the first episode? Based on the first episode, I like it so far. Dude, I think it's really really cool. I watched so far. Or I saw the preview for it. Yeah. And I was like, this looks dumb. It's going to be a big <laughs> dumb CGI thing. I don't know what. And then randomly, I read an article. So I don't know if you know this, but they've been trying to make this into a show or a movie for like twenty or thirty years. Oh yeah. And essentially, every time the creator, uh, the creator of the comic, he's like, it's Neil Diamond, right? They're trying to. I couldn't tell you. I th- okay, I'm, I think that that's who it is. But anyway, Neil Diamond? No, Neil Gaiman. Okay, I was like, like I'm the, pretty sure it's not Neil Diamond. Okay, but okay, yeah. So that guy, we'll just call him Neil. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Neil, I guess the last 20 or 30 years, people have been trying to make this into a show or a movie. Mm-hmm. And every time the studios, they'll come up with scripts and it'll get back and he'll be like, no, it's too far from the source material. You're not being true to the story. That's cool. And one time, one of the scripts, you know, they're, they're in like pre-production. Somebody's writing a script for this. Yeah. Apparently, the changes in his story were so egregious, he leaked the script to ensure that it would never get made. Wow. <laughs> he was he was That's like crazy. He was like, I will burn every bridge. I will burn it <laughs> to the ground. You're not going to destroy my work. That's 
that's intense so that's when like... i read that i was like two things i was like this guy's a psycho i want to know what he has going on <laughs> yeah because i'm nothing if not a sucker for artistic integrity of course yeah and i was like i didn't realize at first that it was based on a graphic novel yeah so i'm like okay so graphic novels tend to have some pretty interesting unique storytelling mm-hmm. and if this guy was willing to do that and he signed off on it yeah then it's gonna be something worth watching yeah Dude, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten like four or five episodes in. It's not what I thought it would be at all. Okay. It's so good. So good. I feel like you have to let me know once you get into like once you've watched like the first five episodes. Okay. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. We'll we'll keep that keep that a running thing. I will I will update you as as I watch it. Yeah. Um I will say that I feel like the the main actor, his voice doesn't match his face or his body. Yeah at all (laughs) it's so deep yes it's such a cool sounding voice and this guy looks like he came from an armor for sleep album he looks like vegan robert pattinson (laughs) (laughs) like malnourished (laughs) he is crazy thin Yes. In that, because the whole first episode, he's locked in a bubble, basically. Yeah, with no shirt on, yeah. And I just kept thinking, man, he is no fat. I was thinking, what kind of diet did they put the actor on to to reach that point? It had to have been miserable. Oh, yeah. To sure. reach that. Did yeah, the you... first episode's interesting. But I'm t- There's a couple episodes in there. Yeah. Once you get through episode five, <laughs> through the first five episodes, yeah. you're going to be like, this is wild yeah and it's not a big crazy i don't even want to tell you it's awesome okay so good yeah i'm i'm not even sure where it's gonna go because basically have you read the graphic novels not really like it's one of those things where people in the comic book like people that i know who are comic book people have been like oh man sandman's so good you got to get into it and then i look at it and i'm like there's so much there's so much of it i just don't want to get into it because it's I don't know. I like things finite. Like a long series. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much content that I would have to get caught up on. And whenever I see that, I'm like, eh, you know, that I'll let that ship sail. Um, I don't need to catch up to it. So I'm intrigued with it. But Okay, cool. So we'll just follow up on that over over time. All right. So then different recommendation. Have you seen Vox Vox Machina on Amazon Prime? No, I have not. Because that's off of the critical role. Yes. Right? Okay. I have I think, not seen that. I think you will enjoy it. Okay. So let's go with, yeah, let's go with Vox Machina. Okay. So for those of you who aren't aware, Vox Machina, this is available on Amazon Prime. It is a, I believe, 10 episode series. It's an animated series. Um, they're about 30 minutes long each. It's a fantasy series based on the characters and the first campaign of the Critical Role podcast. And it was essentially created and I believe voiced by the guys who do that. Yeah, I think that they voiced the characters that they played. Like, because they basically made an animated series based off of that first arc. So they just played the characters that they played in the in the thing. I don't know what Matt Mercer does. I'm sure that he does various. He might. I don't know. Yeah. Because he's the DM. I've never listened to Critical Role. Couldn't say. It's, It's an interesting listen to. Each episode, though, or like each... well, you know, have you have you listened have you listened to that first? Are you kind of familiar with the story arc? No, not okay. at all. Not at all. all. Right. I actually started listening to Critical Role on their second arc because I was told that they were kind of finding their way at the beginning, and by the time they hit the second arc, they were like a well polished machine, and they they had a groove. They just they know what they're doing okay. at this point. So, and again. It's one of those things where I jumped into it and there's already so much back content. Yeah. Like, well, I'm only like three weeks behind the new campaign. So I'll just jump in on that one. Okay. So that's where I jumped in on. Is this a good recommendation? Maybe we... Because if you're already familiar with the characters... I am not familiar with the Vox Machina characters at all. Oh, okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So they switch characters as well. Yeah, they make brand new characters. Okay, cool. Awesome. Then I think it'll be... Yeah, so I have no idea what Vox Machina is about. Yeah, okay. Let's do Vox Machina then. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, crew. Uh, Vox Machina. If you haven't seen it, take a look at it. Find somebody who has Amazon Prime. If you don't, take take a good watch. Take a gander. Um, I'm going to watch as much of it as I can. 
and oh yeah with yeah with shows i mean generally my thing is watch four episodes sure yeah and then see get a if good you, taste for it four episodes let me know if you're hooked yeah you know if you watch more we can talk about whatever sure um but see if you can get hooked after four episodes i don't think it'll take four i yeah. think i think you'll get sucked in pretty quick okay all right. If the uh, if the animation is is solid, then I probably will get sucked in pretty quick. Oh, side note: I watched the Dragon Ball Super superhero movie, the nerdiest title ever, <laughs> uh, over the weekend. Did you watch Dragon Ball ever as a child? I watched the or like I, Dragon Ball. I Z? watched Dragon Ball Z. Okay. For a couple of seasons. Oh, okay. Here's my review. It's okay. And for next week. Just jump into Vox Machina, and then we'll go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> it's The animation was interesting. They did like a weird um, 3D animation with it now, so it doesn't quite look the same. Okay. It's a little off. It's a little strange. I've noticed a lot of animes. I don't watch a ton of anime. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, they're doing, they're doing this like weird CGI, but try to keep it anime style. Yeah. And I'm not a fan. No. Generally. Yeah, no, it. it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's very strange. Um, Get out of here with that, Japan. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, Japan. <laughs> there were things that I liked about it, but with any type of computer animation, you can do a lot more cool things with a camera. And so with the fight scenes, the camera was like spinning all over the place. Oh, God, I can only imagine. So Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Please. And for for general animation rules, like one of the unwritten rules, maybe it's a written rule. I don't know. Is that you don't move the camera in animation. So like if you watch any animation, usually the setting, like the viewpoint that you're looking at, that doesn't move. But the characters will move within yeah. that viewpoint. And that's to make it easier for the animators, because if you rotate the camera, perspective changes. The whole yeah. world changes. Yeah, everything changes. So you have to redraw that. And that's a lot to do for the animators. So general rule of thumb is the background never moves. It might pan up or down, but the angle, like there's never a rotation mm -hmm. of a camera. And that way the animators can get a lot more done. With 3D animation, they don't have that issue. Because they're making models. Yeah, and they just have an algorithm, a yeah, computer well, program that figures out how it would look at different angles, I assume. Well, I mean, they're making 3D models. So, like, you create the 3D model of Goku or Gohan, mm -hmm. and you've drawn Gohan on a three-dimensional model so that regardless of where the camera is, you've already done the drawing. Okay. So, if it moves... The camera moving deals with perspective because you put the mountains where you want them to be. You put the river where you want it to be. And then those things stay put and the camera moves. So when the camera moves, the perspective changes. But you don't have to redraw everything because you've made a model. Yeah. Does that kind of make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. So, so because of that, the fight scenes were pretty dynamic and those were pretty cool. But it was a little bit too smooth of, of animation. If that makes sense. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I, I would have to see it to know exactly. All right. Do you, do you want like, do you want a quick animation lesson? Basically. No, let's see. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Real quick. Basically, um, there's something called animating on twos and animating on ones. And you can make a scene. So from the beginning of, of somebody gearing up to throw a punch and the end where the fist is past the person because they've punched through their body. All right, there are all of those scenes that need to be done. Like each each step of that punch has to be animated. Yeah. If you have time, if you really really have time and really solid smooth animations, they animate on ones, which means every frame is a new drawing. Each frame, boom 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 okay. is a new drawing. So that as the frames go through, it's nice and smooth. Generally anime doesn't have that option. Or if they do have it, it's for like 5 seconds of the of the episode because animation or anime is on a super tight budget as far as time-wise. So they do two frames. Exactly, they animate on twos. So um so a punch going from start to finish is 5 drawings instead of 10 drawings. So when you watch anime, when you watch Dragon Ball Z, if you see them fight, you'll see them like arch back for a punch. Mid punch, they've already hit them. 
like those are the frames that you yeah. see that you oh see. yeah no i know exactly what you're talking about and yeah. so with computer animation again it's a different beast because you have the models and you set the motion in play so you set the starting point and you set the ending point but then the model goes through the whole process you don't have to draw everything it goes through the whole process after you set the motion up so it's much smoother than just seeing it kind of chopped up yeah but it's not anime yeah so that's kind of what throws me off about it <laughs> you know what it is hmm it's pup play <laughs> <laughs> cg anime is pup play all right Good night, folks. Get wrecked and stay wrecked. <laughs>